Hey everyone, welcome to Read Between the Wands. We are your hosts. I'm Caitlin Smith. And I'm Keely Hargis. So join us to talk the latest and hottest books, new and upcoming authors, and listen as we review fan favorites. So grab a glass of wine and settle in because we have an exciting episode for you guys today. So we have a great guest joining us today, and um, it is a good friend of mine that I actually met, I think, through TikTok and things like that, um, which I'm glad, and I joke around saying, I have forced her to be my author bestie. We all, you know, whatever. It's fine. She's here by will this time, um, but it is author Raven Stevens. So Raven, go ahead and introduce yourself. How are you today? Good. Hi, everyone. Like they said, I'm um, author Raven Stevens. I have my debut novel out right now. And I'm from Wisconsin, so, you know, hanging with the Southern ladies tonight, it seems like, with my Very own glass of wine, so, came <laughs> so prepared. Love it. I love it. We wanted you to come on because we do, um, I want to talk about your book, which is Keeper of Souls, and, um, you know, with being said and everything, this is all first for us, you know, we're all doing this for the first time, it's our first podcast episode, it's Raven's first podcast episode. So, you know, y'all bear with us today while we kind of like discuss through all this and we're probably going to get off topic. We'll probably babble, but you know, we're going to have a good time. So we are super, super excited, but Raven, do you want to go ahead and kind of give us a little interest on um, what your book's about or anything like that, that you kind of just want to go ahead and get this podcast started with? Yeah. So Keeper of Souls is mostly a, my own take on the Hades and Persephone myth. Um, it's kind of different than a lot of them that most folks have read before because I don't make it directly Hades and Persephone, but I kind of explain it as like a Hades and Persephone meets like Percy Jackson meets like a Game of Thrones because you get that epic fantasy kind of feel. So yeah. the first book is obviously about Hades and Persephone and their hate to love and kind of my version of their story. Yes, I love that. It's such yes. a thing. Anything enemies to lovers, anything with that like tension and build up, like I'm a sucker for sign me up, add to cart because I am in for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I love anything like that. You know, I recently started reading, reading Raven's book and a few chapters in, I was like, oh, this is going to be dangerous because it's definitely a new take. And I love the way that you've kind of taken this and you've shaped it into something that not a lot of people are probably used to. But you still have that familiar, that familiar, you know, tropes and things like that, that readers just love. And I kind of love that about it. So I'm so pumped to actually, I don't think I have much left to finish. So I'm so excited to finish that. And especially when your new book comes out, it's going to be great. I already know it. Um, <laughs> but going into this, were you kind of like, okay, why? Well, 100% want it to be, you know, kind of like the Hades of Persephone thing, or did you kind of not start the novel like that at all? And it just kind of came to you as you went. It definitely started out as a Hades and Persephone. I just didn't know how exactly I was going to do it. Cause I knew I wanted to do it more indirectly. I didn't want it to only have that going for it. I wanted it to have more, like you said, all the tropes and everything. Cause they always say, write what you love. And so I thought, oh, I love enemies, the lovers. Okay, gotta yeah. add that in there. Yeah. And so it really just kind of flourished by wanting it to be different. And so I did a lot more of like symbolism, kind of like hat tips to a lot of the Greek mythology stuff without directly making it obvious. Right. 
So if you like uh, things like Percy Jackson and ever, if, even just Greek mythology in general, if you oh, have absolutely. basic knowledge, you right. kind of start picking up on a lot of things that not everyone might, but. Right. right. No, I agree. So I guess my next question is like, without giving away too many spoilers for the people who have not read your book. So your characters, you know, you can kind of get a take on how your characters are going to be from, you know, reading what's on the back of the book and, you know, your description, but how do you feel about your characters? Like, how would you describe them to somebody who hadn't read your book? I would describe them differently now since I'm almost done with book two and the character development that kind of happened while writing this one even caught me by surprise. I didn't think I had like that skill yet by only being my second book. Um, But when I was writing the first one, definitely, it's kind of what you think. It's very much that grumpy versus sunshine kind of trope. Which is the best, the best. Oh my gosh. You give me a broody, (laughs) dark male and a book boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. I love that. So, you know, building these characters and everything, you know, I myself am an author. I know how to, I understand the process of having to make these characters and shift them and mold them into what you've imagined. And it's so hard to do really when you're trying to put it down on paper or in a Word doc or something, you know, Mm -hmm. so hard. So was there any maybe like um, characters that you've read in previous books or anything that you wanted to kind of shape off that a little bit and kind of take a, do your own take of it to where you kind of put these personality traits and these tropes and everything into these characters. Did you have any influence for that? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Not off the top of my head. It, I look at definitely kind of that more overarching of enemies to lovers. Like what, what makes them enemies? Like why are these two people going to mash and not get along from the get go? Right. And so, and I, I really based them off of more so culturally, like where I kind of wanted them to originate from. So I think I kind of, it kind of developed more from there of, I want to create these kingdoms. Well, what is, you know, Solaris like, what kind of culture am I basing it off of? Which pretty obvious is a lot of Greek influence and like Mediterranean in general. Right. And so I think of it as what would, a princess like her kind of like and what would she, what would she be like growing up in a place like that and how does that how can I translate that with the Persephone myth of the princess of spring and the earth and the flowers and and then I kind of did the same for Orion his was a little bit more difficult I, I definitely had to do a lot more revising on his end Tara came to me so fast so quick it was a boom this is her in all her glory but for him, it was very much, well, why is he this way? Why is he so grumpy? What is his life like and where he is versus her? And how does her rocking his world by coming into his world, how is that going to, you know, upset that boat that they're both trying to balance on? Yeah. So it definitely came yeah. that way, I think, for me. And a lot of revising to get there, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that comes, I feel like, with any story, you know, going back and kind of, getting your wits and once you finish something you go back and you reread and you're like wow okay now that I see this I have like a new idea or new perspective on how we could change this up a little bit and you know I know you said that you're working on your second book so I guess my next question is really going to be do you feel like the second book is going to be the end of the series or do you feel like it's going to continue on a little further it is going to be a trilogy 
so the second book, it definitely, like I said, I kind of took myself by surprise with this one of how different it's turning out to be. And I don't want to give stuff away, of course. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely turning. (laughs) Yes. So this one, it's very much, well, Orion and Tara are here. This happens and they're thrown at complete opposite ends, trying to fight back to each other and trying to fight who they are and find out who they are in a way that was extremely different than the first book. Right, right. Well, you know, I speak for myself. I cannot wait to get into that because that sounds like it's going to be right at my alley. <laughs> I, um, I know you said that Tara is kind of like a spitfire princess. And so like, did that just kind of come to you? Like whenever you were writing her, were you thinking, oh, from the beginning, this is how she was going to be? Or did you just kind of pick that up whenever you were building her character? It definitely started out that way. Um, Like if you recall in the first chapter of her, you know, jumping in the fountain and being just kind of problematic for being the eldest princess, I wanted that kind of from the beginning that I kind of thought, like you think like Anna from Frozen, that she's not exactly what you expect but there's so much more to her if you look past you know there's all those well this is what it it, it, this is expected of you this is what your path is supposed to be in her I never wanted her to fight to remain on that path but she would kind of usually the characters who are different from what people expect of them are people's favorite characters like you said Anna or I mean, any book you read, it's like, okay, these people have kind of gone off and done things that, you know, was just not what was expected of them. And I feel like that really relates to people in real life too. And people love that. Oh, absolutely. Having a character that you can relate to and that is so relatable is just like chef's kiss because, you know, I've said this in like so many things that I've, you know, talked with and everything like, having we don't want like just the simple stock characters anymore we want characters that are ambiguous or they have a little bit more to them that's just you know they're certainly just this the whole way through the book no change you know it's something that you really can't as much relate to we want complex characters with that are Mm well-rounded and I think that I love that you did that you know coming in knowing how you wanted her to be and kind of where she can kind of just go with that and how she grows takes on these challenges, adapts to the people around her. So I think that's a very great thing to actually start out characters with personally than just having like a personality change 180 halfway through, you know? Absolutely. Right. I definitely agree with that 100%. And, you know, you know, listening to you, you know, talk about this series and everything, it's obviously something that's very passionate, you know, is this, you know, like when you have your first book and everything, you have your book babies. Um, But is this like your first actual novel you've ever written or have you like stuff you haven't published, but like on the side, you're like kind of like dabbling in a little bit here and there before you decided this is the one I want to publish. This is where I want to go. Did you have anything like that? Oh yes. (laughs) I wrote my first 300 page novel by hand when I was 12. Oh my I mean, I cannot imagine writing that by hand. I mean, you know, you think about writing a 300 page novel on a computer and you're like, wow, that's a pretty big task to take on and, you know, conquer or whatever, but writing by hand, I mean, I could not imagine. So, I mean, that's great that you had the willpower to actually get through that and finish it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I did. And I still, I honestly, I have it like stored, I think at my mom's house yet. I know it's somewhere that I still have that original. They're really worn down now, but, and I remember I, I had my one friend who's my, like, I, I joke that she's my one beta reader because she reads everything, anything of mine, bounce ideas off her all the time. And she even texted me just the other day that she's like, I still remember reading that book when we were in middle school, like when we were young. And she's like, look at how far you've come. And she she's the kind of person that like cries for me all the time. Right. And she it makes her emotional. It makes me emotional that she's right. It's I started doing this when I was young and I never thought I'd do anything with it. And I wrote another one um, right before this one. Actually, I finished it. I think I started it my junior, senior year of high school, only got like 30 pages into it, but had the idea and I mass wrote it quick to get into a course in college that was a novel revision course. I had to have 50,000 words to take wow. it. And my professor was my advisor. She said, I will, I'll waive like the prerequisite, which was like novel writing, where you'd write the novel, then the next semester you revise it. She's like, if you bring something of your own, I'll let you in. And so I like mass hurried up and wrote it like in a week because that's all I had. And it wasn't good. <laughs> Finished it did a bunch of revising everything else right. but I'm just I kind of looked at it and I'm like no this is something that would have to be completely like trashed and rebuilt up mm -hmm. and so I'm like I'm gonna set that to the side and I'm gonna try something new and this idea just ate at me until NaNoWriMo came around that year okay. and I did this for that yeah I love that so switched gears that yeah I love that <laughs> It's so crazy to see like how an author's journey starts, you know, because you, mm -hmm. you start at a very young age having a passion for this. And it's something that's not as like heightened as it is now, but you're definitely at a point where you're like, I like doing this. I like writing. This is something I definitely want to kind of see where it goes. But, you know, were you writing before you wrote that first draft of that book so long ago when you were like 12? Were you writing before that? Or, you know, were you just getting into the stage of doing so? I was I it's like one of those like hidden kind of memories but I remember it surfaced a couple years ago that I used to have this really really old computer like the kind that were probably around like in the 80s 90s I'm not that old but I had an older brother so I was definitely raised like early 90s yeah. and I would sit and try to write on it in like the little notepad kind of app they had oh and my I gosh and that was, was like, the worst too Oh my God, it was so bad. There's like a cheesy like vampire yeah. boyfriend one I tried to write once. Kind of I like know exactly it. what notepad you're talking about because it was literally a blank page. Like there was no editing. There was no yes. like tabbing over. There was no like punctuation, mm -hmm. nothing. It was just like, we're going to free for all. And what goes on this page is what's going to be on this page because there's nothing we can do yep. about it. And then yep, we got exactly. word and it was like, oh my gosh, like, what is this new thing? Like, this is great. And oh my gosh, I still remember that. <laughs> so that's how I started. And I couldn't tell you, I might've been like eight. So I'm trying to think even like the vampire thing, Twilight was big when I was in middle school. I remember reading it in fifth grade and oh, getting yeah. it taken away from me <laughs> in class. And yeah. so, yeah, I had to be like third, fourth, fifth grade trying to like write vampire stuff on my old computer right but never really did anything with it of course but 
Well, it's so funny, like that you say, like that was something that you were writing about and that you enjoyed. And then here just a few years later, like here comes Twilight and it blows up. I mean, I remember I was a Twilight fan, Team Jacob, read the books, was in line at midnight at the movie theater. You know, that was a huge Mm -hmm. hit and any vampire kind of like supernatural thing was what everybody wanted at the time. Yeah, it was big. Oh my God. I still remember I mean I can remember being in line at the movie theater when the first movie came out and it wasn't just kids or teenagers it was adult I mean people went crazy Mm -hmm. absolutely it was my aunt that gave me the books back then that she's the one that introduced me to it I remember so I mean yeah she was an adult too at the time yeah speaking of Twilight you know do you think that your passion for reading definitely set you up to be wanting to be a writer you think because you know a lot of times you hear well I fell in love with reading and I wanted to become a writer and so it's such um a prominent statement and that I think is so true for some writers for me and for others so is that the same for you or do you just kind of figure it out on your own definitely helped me out it completely fed that passion without a doubt I I've been reading as long as I can remember I taught myself how to read when I was three apparently I told my mom and dad hey I want to look what I can do and it was the cat in the hat comes back and I just like walked out into the garage I'm like hey dad look and I just started reading get out of here you're too smart for us come on oh no stop (laughs) no (laughs) I just it's always been there it's been yeah it's all consuming as you put it generally I mean I know you've kind of said what your writing style is and you know the Greek mythology that these books and the series is going to kind of follow is that what you generally like to read when you're not writing or do you have other genres that you really like to read or that interest you I read anything and everything I don't stick to one thing I just kind of I just kind of go through kind of whatever honestly I did you know book of the month for a while because I'm like just surprise me I don't know what I want to read right now but just throw stuff at me oh and I totally get that I can feel like I get in phases like I'll get in this phase where I want to read like a ton of like rom-coms and then I'll get in a phase where I want to read a bunch of fantasy in which I love horror novels too in which that was kind of a the first thing that got me into reading was Stephen King and looking back now saying, wow, how do you start from like Stephen King and then go to like from blood and ash and Akatar and getting in those books because it's so, so on opposite ends of the spectrum, but I love both of them. Absolutely. For sure. That's how I feel about all my dirty mafia romance I've been binging lately. Oh, <laughs> like, don't even get me here? started. <laughs> don't even get me started. Those are the ones where like you're in public and you don't even want anyone to see the cover of your book because you're like, God forbid somebody look this up because I would be mortified. Definitely. Yep. <laughs> you know, I honestly admire anyone that can just read like any genre, any book, because I, I can't lie for me. I'm like, it has to have romance in there somewhere, some shape, form. I don't care if it's like the slow burn and I don't even get a relationship until book three, but I need to know that it's coming. Coming, the build up, the build up. And you know, the worst Mm. thing is you read books like that. And I feel like anytime somebody asks me if I read, the next question is always, well, what do you like to read or what are you reading right now? And it's like, okay, do I tell them what I'm actually reading or do I try to make something up? Because it's depending on who's asking, because, you know, if it's a friend, sure, I'll tell you. But, you know, if it's 
my mom or, you know, like my boss, it's like, okay, maybe I should like water this down because I don't want you to look this up. Like you would not be interested in this. <laughs> like ice planet. <laughs> yes. Don't know if I want a lot of people knowing I read that, but finally I was just like, you know what? I don't even care because it got so popular. I even think did a post on Instagram. I was like, this is what I'm reading. Don't judge me. And you can't judge me because half of book talks like obsessed with it at this point. You know? Oh my gosh, they are. But that makes me feel better because I'm like, wow, like I'm not the only one feeling like I'm reading all this stuff, but they're so popular. And then book talk keeps on like recommending these books. I watch TikTok and it has a quote from a book and I'm like, mm, let's go to Amazon and add that to yep. the course. Obviously <laughs> love that. And, you know, here we are like 12 bookshelves later that are full and haven't read all of them and, you know, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and also with all the new things that are coming out lately, you know, have you, I don't know if you've heard of like the Kindle novella, like that's a big thing that's been cut. The head. Yeah. Yeah. And people are doing a lot of new stories on there. And I think that's pretty interesting because, you know, usually it was like something like Radish that a lot of people used to go to. Um, I myself used to work with Radish and I still, to this day, I don't post as much as I probably should, but you have Kindle novella now, which is letting you do episode by episode and people are putting like all these different books on there. And it makes me wonder, like, is it something that you would probably want to do kind of lead into something like that maybe in the future? Um, just because a lot of people are kind of enjoying it a lot from what I've read here recently, because even I didn't know much about it at first until I saw all the people talking about it. And I was like, this is insane. It's definitely, it reminds me of, I can't, is it like the, I can't think of what they used to call it, but they used to do that in newspapers. Like that's where all like the OG, like Brit lit and everything. That's how right. it all got released was yes. each week in the newspaper, you would have the next one. Like um, Sherlock Holmes was huge for that, that all of their stuff for the longest time, that's what it was that every week you got a new chapter. And as much as I would love to do something like that, I don't think I can commit to that and do it on a schedule because I do so much to begin with that I barely sleep at night. That between, you know, working more than 40 hours a week, I am planning a wedding, I, you know, take care of my household, everything else, constantly getting pulled in different directions and working on promoting and writing a new book. It's very, I don't have the time. And I used to do um, medium articles for a little bit that I wanted to start this new series. And even that, like the research and the writing of it, I just couldn't hold myself to that schedule. Cause I knew if I would try to do it, I was gonna stress and burn myself out. Right. Well, and I feel like whenever you get to that point, if you stress yourself out to where you don't even enjoy it anymore, then what's the point of doing it at all, right? Agreed. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, I, I know what you're talking about and I feel like it's a great idea. And you know, people who aren't like binge readers, I feel like that is such a good service for them to use. I know me, like I see it and I'm like, wow, you know, I think, you know, I would like that. Like, here's one that I feel like I would be into and I want to start it. But then I remember that I'm a monster and I have no self-control and I'm going to read like 30 chapters in one sitting and, you know, not <laughs> to speak to anybody for three days. So I don't know. I feel like it's such a great right. subject. But then I think about it and I'm like, yeah, I know my personality. Like 
I, I need it all at once. And I need, if it's a series, I need the whole series. I mean, Keely knows whenever I started the Avatar series, I had ordered like the last three books on Amazon and they hadn't come yet. And they were coming like the next day. I mean, nothing that I was going to have to wait too long. And I bought them on ebook too. I was like, I can't wait. I, I need them right now. I, I'm not, I'm not. No, I was the same way. I never even knew like how popular it was. And it was what, like beginning of quarantine or something. And I was like, yeah. oh, what's this? And so I just happened to, yeah, obsessed. I think I read every single one in two days. Yeah, okay. like two days for the whole series that, that was out at the time. I'm so guilty because Keely <laughs> kept trying Could to put me into these books for like weeks. I mean, maybe longer than weeks. It was like two months. She kept saying, oh, just start it, just start it. And I kept saying, you know, I just don't know that I'm at a point where I'm ready to commit to a series that large. And I don't want to get halfway through and then not be able to finish or whatnot. And I started that first book and it was just like addicted right off the bat. And, you know, we're going to do a huge actor week, probably like the end of March or something, I think is what yes. we're but so we're not going to go too much in detail about Akhtar, but the big thing is, is that that series is literally like life sucking. And I felt that I could not think after that for the longest time, because I was like, especially after I finished uh, A Court of Silver Flames, I was just like, what do I do now? And like, I think it's rumored that she's not even putting a new book out until like for the Akhtar series for a few years. Yeah. So, yeah. I heard that today that she's going to do the third Crescent City. Yep first like forget crescent city give us akatar right now <laughs> especially because it's like rumored to be as his book so i'm like come on that's what right. we're for. like but i get it you know building up like attention for a book that's everyone's wanting it's definitely a great promotional tactic but mm -hmm. give me the book <laughs> as an author i can relate but i'm not an author when i'm trying to read your book i need the book Yes. right 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 but speaking of that um what like do you think that book talk has been a big help to you lately with you know being a promotional tactic because I think for you know a lot of people I've seen it's been great to get a lot of views and some more new people coming in knowing your content and things like that and I think it's great so you know what's your take on book talk Book talk, in my opinion is the reason why self-publishing completely flipped around during quarantine like that this is possible. It's so popular. I, t I talked to my fiance about this and kind of explained to him. I'm like, no, I'm like you go a couple of years back. It, it had such a reputation of self-publishing did that you can't write. It's all terrible. And I tried Kindle Unlimited in the past and everything I stumbled upon was honestly really subpar. But ever since quarantine and ever since, you know, TikTok and everything blew up, and it's so easy to discover things in people that you have nothing in common with purely because you like a certain type of content versus I feel like every other social media, there has to be some sort of connecting link, whether it's okay, you follow someone that follows them too, or this or that, that's very, you're very shut in a box about it. But with TikTok, you can just keep scrolling and anything that's even remotely similar, you can discover. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes I'll be scrolling through TikTok and 
I might go like a day or two where I don't have a whole lot of book talk videos on my feed, but if I have one come up and I might watch that video twice and it's like the rest of my feed for the rest of that day is book talk. And so that's great for all these authors who are self-publishing because I mean, that's a hard industry to be in. It's cutthroat and it takes a lot of work and to be able to have that just following from people, that's such a, a big help. Absolutely. You know, starting out with things like this, it's always like you said, you know, self-publishing is a very cutthroat industry. You either make it or you don't. And it's like hard as that is to say, it's pretty true. But with book talk, it, like you said, it has flipped to the fact that now that those indie authors that were out there self-published, a lot of them's getting traditional publisher deals because they're growing so big simply because of book talk and you know I love it because you know I am an indie author you're an indie author and it's great for us and so that's why I love it because it's finally giving the chance for the people who got booted because it wasn't up to standard of a traditional publisher or it wasn't up to standard of having an agent and all that stuff and we've literally it's not like we took the easy way out we did what we wanted to to you know get our dreams to happen but we're also getting rewarded for it now of all the hard effort we put into it, you know, cause we fund a lot that goes into making that book. It's not just, you know, someone takes it over for you and it's done. Like we are there every step of the way, putting money out just to get a book out there and hoping that, you know, you kind of break even. Cause sometimes you're like, well, I've been break even this month. Like, you know, and I think that's a big thing that comes into play with everything is just like wanting to do what you can to get the sales and stuff that you deserve and that you feel you deserve. Mm-hmm. But I think book talk has definitely, for me, especially too, my views, I would not be where I am right now, I think, if it wasn't for book talk. Like it's so, so shocking. Right. It also helps you meet other authors. Like I met you, I've met other people. Mm-hmm. And it's just insane how you start building these different friendships online with different authors because of literally book talk and you know anywhere I go now too I feel like I can jump in a comment section of some book that I just think that like represents a character that like that reminds me of like Cassian from Akatar and I'm like the minute I enter the comment like the comments it's literally book talk to spilling and I was like I knew I was gonna find them here it's like we're taking over TikTok at this point so like everywhere yes everywhere (laughs) I love that I really do. Even anymore, you go to Barnes and Noble or any major bookstore, they have a book talk table where they have all the popular books that everyone's talking about on book talk, which is crazy to me because the first time I walked in, I was like, you know, I understand that I'm into book talk, but are this many other people really into it as well? And it's just crazy. Speaking of Barnes and Noble, actually, now that you've said that, Another thing is, is that our books are available on Barnes and Noble, which you wouldn't suspect at first, but luckily there's things like Ingram Spark and other distributors who can get your book there. And I think that's awesome. So if y'all didn't know, Raven's book is at Barnes and Noble. So you should totally get online and go order your copy because it is great. Um, there's always Amazon for an ebook if you would like Kindle Unlimited, but I myself prefer a paperback. So do you prefer paperback, ebook, hardback? What do you prefer? I gotta say hardback. I definitely am into the hardbacks more probably because they're easier to travel with and they don't get damaged. <laughs> that. Um, ebooks I definitely got into more recently in the last couple months but for the longest time hated them. Wouldn't really get them. Never really did but then I got back into Kindle Unlimited so definitely kind of got re-obsessed with them again. 
you know, I just signed up for Kindle Unlimited and, you know, I've heard everybody talk about it and like, oh, it's on Kindle Unlimited, read it there. And so I finally signed up and I feel like my eyes have been open because I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's like a million books on here and they're free. Like, I feel like I spent a fortune (laughs) because obviously if I see something I want, I'm not like, you know, not that, oh, I have to have it right this second, but obviously if it's a book I really want to read, I'm going to go buy it. And there's been so many instances now where I see something on book talk and I'm like, wow, I want to read that Kindle Unlimited. It's there already. Mm-hmm. Like Raven Kennedy was really big and she's growing, dude. She's growing. So I think she's actually at a polycon this year, um, which I saw, but she was growing too. And because of book talk and like all her stuff's on Kindle Unlimited. And I think that is a great opportunity for authors. And so that's why like, with Raven, you know, I think I blew her phone up like 30 different times talking about Kindle. <laughs> and she was like, just do it. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. So yeah. you think that Kindle Unlimited is definitely, you know, t- it's obviously changed over the few years. So do you think it's been something really beneficial to, you know, being an indie author as yourself? Completely. Yes. I look at it as someone's not paying out of pocket to try authors that they don't know if they're going to like especially like I said there is that bad reputation that I think now it's especially finally kind of going away that just because you're self-published doesn't mean you can't write or you weren't good enough for traditional publishing because the traditional publishing route if you really kind of research and follow what happened to all the big companies during COVID it was insane even you can be the best writer in the world you can be the next Sarah J Moss but it's all about timing and if a company doesn't have the budget everything else you have no way of getting into it. But doing the Kindle Kindle Unlimited route, you can start from absolutely nothing. And folks will still want to give you a try because if they can read a chapter and return the book if they don't like it. If right. they don't like what they kind of start, they can return it at any time without wasting additional money. You don't right. have to go and actually buy a physical copy to give a new author a try. Right, yeah. I completely agree. Yes, I think that's why it's been so great for people because you look at it and you're like, you have this platform and you want people to enjoy your work, but I know how I am too. And I get hesitant starting new authors. And so it's like, do I want to go ahead and just splurge the money and then risk not getting a book I'm not going to like, or do I want to do something like Kindle Unlimited? And that's why I originally signed up because I was actually in a phase of wanting to try out more indie authors works. And I feel like so many are on Kindle Unlimited, um, which rightfully so it's took off. I mean, it is insane with all the stuff that I've heard from fellow authors about Kindle Unlimited. And I think it's just great. I mean, it has mm-hmm. taken off and changed completely from what I originally thought about it. Cause at first I was kind of iffy. I can't lie until I heard so many great things about it. So, and you know, this is awful to say because, you know, I, and I feel like, especially saying this on a bookish podcast is so just frowned upon, but I get on Kindle unlimited and, you know, like you said, you read people that you've never read before. And I love getting on there and I look at the covers I'll be like, you know, I really like the cover of that book. I'm going to read it. And I know, I mean, the cover has nothing to do with the actual story, but I mean, I got on this week and I read one, I saw this cover, like it was so cute. And I was like, "Mm, I'm going to read it. Why not? 
And I told somebody I work with that and they were like, I can't believe you're reading books based on the covers. I'm like, it's really not that I am. Like I go into a bookstore and it's not like, eh, I don't like that cover. You know, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to read it. But on Kindle Unlimited, you have the opportunity to read all of these books. So why not? You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, Covers are definitely a big thing for books. That's why I am definitely one of those people. It's like, if I have to spend the money to do it, to get a good cover, I will do it solely because I'm just I'm already picky person as it is so my cover designer probably wants to beat me up at the head half the time but you know it's fine um but that but yeah I agree covers are what catches an eye and so you have to really put that time and effort into it but it is also something that can deter you away from books because like the Ice Planet Barbarian series again I don't know if y'all saw her original covers not the best um yeah (laughs) yeah it took one person just one for it to take off and for one of them to leave a review on like book talk and then it took off and now she has special edition covers that are beautiful and she's published with I think Berkeley so it's insane to me it is insane what a small thing can do so definitely have your perks definitely have your downfalls but and then actually speaking on the self-publishing route do you Raven have a particular part where you were kind of like nervous to go into because you know you have your editing you have your formatting and um you have your cover design and then of course the whole distribution process and picking somebody and everything so maybe for the future authors here that are actually looking for self-publishing like do you have any tips for like going into all this to kind of like how to have a good mindset um what you need to do what you need to look for because you're pretty good helping me out on some stuff (laughs) I, I thank you. Um, I did so much research, so I, I feel like I know what I'm kind of talking about, but I don't know. Um, nervous about it all. Still nervous. Never goes away. You just kind of deal with it. Right. Um, I know what really deterred me from Ingram Sparks right away because I kind of did research and I didn't even really hear about them as much. TikTok actually helped me a ton with my research because it, it was a lot of real people giving you very easy, straightforward answers to anything you might be kind of looking into. So if you go read all these big articles or big YouTube videos on a certain subject of, well, how does this work with, you know, Kindle publishing through them? Or how does that work with Ingram Sparks? You might get too much info, but TikTok can really help break it down. Well, and I, know I even make videos well. that people ate up. That people need help. They want that advice. They want someone to explain it to them in simple terms. Yes. And so use your resources. That's definitely my biggest, biggest tip. And it's okay to screw it up once, screw it up twice. I'm still making mistakes. I'm still trying to kind of go back. Um, I actually just bought Vellum yesterday and I'm trying to reformat completely my first book because I'm not completely happy with it. But it was, you know, me kind of figuring out, well, how do I do things? Because I do a lot myself versus getting people to help because I didn't want to get taken advantage of, that I didn't want to make a wrong move. I wanted to have that control. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point where I'm like, oh, I actually figured out how to do all this. Well, and that has so to be such a good people. feeling to know that you accomplished that on your own, you know, and not that, you know, yeah. people don't want to help because I feel like it's such a supportive community. And, you know, I know I've, I've seen Keely talk to people and, you know, people ask her questions and be so willing to help, but to be like, wow, you know, 
I published a book and I did it all by myself. I mean, that has to be such a great feeling. It seems very surreal. I, I joke that I, I feel like I live two different lives that I have my author life and then I have my working my day job with my coworkers kind of thing that I keep them very separated, I feel like. And so it right. seems very not real most of the time. Yeah. But yeah, definitely if you're up and coming or you want to publish, first of all, do it. <laughs> Just go ahead and do it. The worst that can happen is you have to fix things you did kind of wrong. You're never going to really end up a lot worse than where you started. And with me, I didn't have a community like book talk at the time I was on, I was on TikTok. I didn't make them or anything. Like I wasn't a creator yet. And so I didn't have like that community to help. So I was kind of really on the down low making all these mistakes before I actually kind of, okay, now this is what it should be like. So now going into the next book, I'm making sure I have all my ducks in the row because now I actually do kind of have a following. And I do have folks that are going to get it right away versus when I was absolutely nobody had no timeline, just up and published one day I just like submitted it randomly and didn't tell anyone (laughs) versus now I'm doing like a whole timeline. Right. So it's make those relationships. Cause like I even said to Keely that I'm like, you know, Ingram Sparks, I am really bad at Ingram Sparks. If I get questions, I'm going to come to you. Yes. makes it a lot easier to have that community to help answer questions and help guide you in the right direction of what you want to accomplish. Absolutely. And I think another big thing is reach out to authors, especially indie authors. Nine times out of 10, we're going to reply to you. If you have a question, we're going to do what we can to help you. We're going to do what we can to give you any type of advice of what we do, what we do our other author friends do like just reach out and I know it's like such a nerve-wracking thing to reach out to an author or whatever but nine times out of ten in the world we live in with the how social media is and everything like we're going to reach out and we'll we'll reply back so like that's why you know I think it's so good that you know we have like that TikTok platform where people can comment and then you can like pin their question up and do a whole series talking about it you know I sat and watched your series on you know Ingram Spark and doing the two at a time with KDP you know and even I was, mm-hmm. as an author, I was informed too. So it's not just, you know, helping other people. It's, it's helping fellow authors as well. So I think that's so great is like reach out. Like it doesn't matter if you are an author or you're a future author or you're just someone who's interested. Just if you have questions, I really do recommend reaching out. I think that's a, that's a very big option that you really didn't have a lot of times ago when it was just, you know, these bigger authors from like traditional publishing, you know? So yeah, yeah I think that's a big, big thing. And, you know, it's also crazy, too, how you can see how you, you know, you publish your first book and then your second one comes along and you're like, okay, now I know what I need to do for this, when this needs to be done, I need to have it done on this day versus your first one. I feel like you're just running around like a chicken with its head cut off and you're like, I need to go here. I need to do this. I don't know what I'm doing for this. I'm just kind of throwing it there and like fingers crossed, hoping it works out. And so you've learned so much. So I think another tip for, you know, future authors who are going to self-publish is you're going to probably mess up. It's going to happen because I messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I also gave myself, I think, two weeks. I don't think it was a full two weeks from receiving my copy of my author copy. And then from the day it was going live. So when I found errors in my book, I had a week to fix it and I didn't beat the, you know, the deadline. So like these books are being printed with like grammar errors or something, you know, it wasn't necessarily something crazy, but still as an author, you're like, 
man, I've just spent months doing this and I still had errors. So it just opened your eyes up a lot because you're like, that is embarrassing. <laughs> but everyone does it. So that's my biggest <laughs> thing. Like, you well, and half the time, you know, people, I feel like whenever you start reading, I noticed that I do it, you know, you start reading and it's not even really that you're reading every single word, you know, your brain kind of picks up on what's coming next and the words that are coming next. So honestly, half the time, you know, yeah, I understand errors happen, but I'm sure half the people don't even notice it. So, you know, it is what it is. No. And if a, if a grammar error is the worst thing, you know, I think we're doing pretty good around here. So absolutely. It's just, I don't know. It's just, you have these bumps in the road and you learn kind of how to go around them and what to do next. And I'm sure, like you said, you know, this next book, you have all your ducks in a row and you're going with it. You know what you're doing. And I think that's great. And it's definitely nerve wracking. Like you said, I don't think the nerves ever leave um, because there's even times no. where like, <laughs> it's just, it just kind of, it just creeps up on you. Cause at first you're like, oh, I'm doing great. And I know what I'm doing. It shouldn't be as nerve wracking, but like that second book, you're just like, it's back. And it's like, right when you're about to click submit, you're like, it's back and it's terrible. So I think that is definitely something that's very, very true, but and, you know, talking about your second book, you know, I know we've brought it up a couple of times and I'm curious because of course, you know, I know both of you guys have published books and you guys are authors. And of course I'm not, so I've not been through that process. You know, I've never tried to write or publish or anything, just a book connoisseur, but, you know, I know we had talked about how you thought right off the bat, you know, you knew kind of how Tara's personality was going to be and how your characters were going to intertwine and interact with each other so when you started your second book did you kind of know like where that storyline was going or did you just kind of go with the flow and let it you know play out as you were writing or do you feel like you even like have the ending in sight or how do you approach that usually I I found I do work better with some sort of outline so I have a general idea but I never know completely kind of what's going to happen and things do kind of pop up and I kind of follow it as I go. But I do a um, three act, eight sequence outline. So it's kind of bare bones. I learned that from Victoria Aveyard who wrote the Red Queen series and Realm Breaker that she had videos about it. And that's a screenwriting tip. Yes. Gave it a try with Keeper of Souls worked amazing for me. So that's kind of a, I get the bare, the bare bones definitely started out. And I just asked because I'm always so curious, like, you know, I read books and, you know, reading a book, you're like, wow, you know, this is so put together and the story goes so well. And then, you know, you think about it and I'm like, okay, like if I were to sit down, like, what would I even do? Like, would I just, you know, let my mind take off with it? And so I feel like that's so interesting to somebody who's not an author or who has not published a book, you know, how you guys are able to do that. It's definitely, you kind of, you figure out your own process that someone else might be. They, that's why they call, do you fly by the seat of your pants and you make it up as you go? Or do you plot and kind of think about it ahead of time? For me, I found that if plotting you, it's almost easier revisions wise because your pacing is very kind of set up for you already with just like maybe minor tweaks along the way. That your midpoint of the book is going to be your midpoint. You're not going to suddenly get a very long lull in your book if you kind of had an outline set up in that three-act structure. So that is kind of why I I at least try to stick to that. 
because in, it's easier for me in the long run. It's a lot less of completely ripping apart the draft and putting it all back together from scratch. That it's a lot of more of the surface level or deeper dive into the characters than, well, crap. My whole thing does not make sense. <laughs> right. No, that makes complete sense. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of like having like your plot going now, are you an author that kind of, because there are authors who they do their plot, they know how it's going to happen, but they also do like chapter per chapter. They have notes like I want this to happen in this chapter leading up to this. Now, so are you a chapter by chapter kind of type of plotter or are you just like a general outline of like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have these characters here here's my rising action, here's my climax, here's falling, here's my exposition. So like, what are you, you know, what do you do? I will do chapter by chapter in kind of smaller spurts. So when I go into the project, I'll kind of, because I use Scrivener to write, and so I kind of add, and especially being multiple point of views, kind of add them all, the point of views, and I will jot like maybe a sentence of the overall, like, this is going to happen. Okay, that's going to happen, but that's only one sentence to describe maybe 10, 15 pages of stuff. So it's right. very much still making it up as I go. And usually I can never get farther than like the middle point. Mm -hmm. And so I usually have an idea of the end of kind, like the one big, this is going to be what happens in the end. Right. But there's a lot of stuff that can change. There's a lot more to it. So a lot of the ending stuff that I'll kind of start jotting out as I get closer. So like right now I'm one chapter away from hitting my third act and that's when, you know, crap hits the fan. I have a general-ish idea of the last couple chapters, but even now I'm completely like, I'm just gonna have to kind of write and see what feels right, what needs to change. Taking it back to um, book one, did you, when you're originally, like you said, you go in with like kind of like an ending and I absolutely love that. So I think it's like definitely something that sets you up well to kind of know how you want things to coast along the way. But going in with that, did you ever have to kind of like redo your ending of that book because of the stuff you kind of wrote going up to that point? Or did you still have that same ending, like leading it how you wanted to kind of do go like go right into that next book? Um, the ending stayed the ending for sure that I knew going into it right away that Tara is going to do XYZ, no spoilers. She does something that I knew from the beginning, stayed with it. More so with the rest of the book. And I, I knew I was going to want to try to do a series, but I had no clue about the second book until I got towards the end of that first one. Yep. And then I started playing around with, oh, well, I, I, this like multiple point of views, I really liked writing it like this. I don't want to do just two. So now the second book has four. So oh, I introduced wow. two point of views, but it's uh, it was very much well. Okay, I have Hades, I have Persephone. Who else in the Greek world do I want to introduce? So the second one introduces um Apollo and Ares. Is that they're the two new ones? Plus, there's others. There's still you know nods to people. There's other kind of bigger characters, but you just don't get their point of view. And can I add? So with that that, that was very last minute. Favorite thing ever like the multiple point of view like right up there with like having a playlist in the book you know I open a book and I see a music playlist and I'm like so excited I'm going and downloading music on my phone because I'm like oh this is great but the multiple point of views like I feel like that takes a story and expands it so much because you know it's great reading a story just from one point of view it's still great 
but Mm -hmm. you get all the behind the scenes, like feelings and emotions and actions. And that's just great to me. And I, you know, I know some people might not feel that way, but I don't know. That is one of my favorite types of books to read when there is that multiple point of view, you know, type of writing style in there. It is definitely different to write. And that's kind of why I do have to still kind of outline just because you need kind of at least some sort of balance or you can't, it needs to make sense. This character won't know about this going on unless this happens and got to make sure they happen in the right order. So I very much plan it kind of out, but then I can shift and add chapters where needed. And I do that with my revision process. And that's, you know, that's also really fun for your readers as well. Thinking, you know, wow, like I know something that this other character doesn't know. Like, when are they going to find out? Like, what's going to build up? Like, what kind of issue is this going to cause? Like, I feel like that's something that your readers really enjoy. Just the thought of like, okay, when is this other person going to find out this crucial information that they need to know? Yes. And I'm already starting to get feedback from my beta readers, kind of that now that I'm getting to the end here, because I, um, I have a couple of them that kind of read as I write and it's all, they start guessing because there's foreshadowing, there's this, there's that, like, don't tell me this is going to happen. Don't tell me that this is going to do this or that, or, and it's like, uh, I don't know, you'll have to find out. And that can, it's so fun to see kind of what people start picking up on or what completely is going over their head. And even like my cover with the second one, everyone's going to probably assume it's something until towards the end, then it's gonna click. The cover is not what you think it is. It's not who you think it is. And it all kind of plays out in a way that it's like one of those things where I'm sitting, I'm going to be like sitting back yes, and, like just and that's waiting, fun for just waiting you. for people. to It's so fun for you to get to watch these people thinking like, oh, you know, as a reader, they think they know what's going on. They know what's happening. And at the end, it's like, bam, no, you had no idea. Um, yes, yes, for sure. So it's different. And that's why I'm, I keep running with the multiple point of views because I kind of get to do the little fun things like that, that actually are exciting for me. <laughs> for people to read it versus the first one. I'm just like, don't tell me you're reading it. I don't want to know. Don't tell me if you like it. Don't tell no. me if you hate it. But with the second one, it's, uh, I can't wait for people to get it and read it. Cause I think it's just so much better than oh, the first oh, that's one. That's great. A good opener for your series, you know? Cause sometimes like a lot of people expect so much in a book but we have so much planned out. Like you need that good opener for a series. Right kind of build the world and then the next books you just take off with it and I think that is something that's very important so I totally understand like the being shy don't read it and then that next book you're like so eager because you're like it's gonna be so good like I love that yeah having that foreshadowing to stay there is always so great because you can go back and be like now that you've read the ending and it's like she really just told me this eight chapters ago and I never even picked up on it so I just love that it's fun it's definitely really fun (laughs) so with now that everything has been said you all know a little bit more about Raven and I really hope that you all go and buy her book and you're ready for this next book to come out because it's gonna be great just hearing what I've heard today I'm already excited for because like I said (laughs) I am reading it right now I'm so stoked So Raven, is there anything else you want to say before we all get off here? Is there any tips you want to give or anything like that? Definitely. If you love to write, keep writing. Even me, I've been doing this for years. I went to school for this. Every time I sit down and I do more, I try something new. Your writing gets better. Like truly, 
really, it's not an easy solve all, here you go, I'm great at this. Everyone gets better the more you do it. So don't let anything stop you. If you want to publish, publish. Take the leap, take that jump, because the worst that can happen is you have to change something and you only get better and you learn from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, that is wonderful advice. Yes. And, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on here and doing this with us because we were so excited when you wanted to come on and be our first guest. And I think it was a great kind of practice, not even just like a practice run, but a good first for all of us to kind of get out and do something new. Absolutely. And I always Mm -hmm. love trying some new things. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's definitely new. Um, and I think it's going to be such a fun thing to start editing all this. And like, you know, when you're doing the interview yourself, you're kind of like, right. oh, like, what am I saying? Like, you know, who's this? What's happening? And then, but like editing it and, right. getting it and then you getting to watch it when it goes live. It's so much fun. And I'm so excited. And hopefully you'll mm-hmm. come on more and maybe talk some hot books with us or talk your next book when it comes out. Absolutely. We would love to have you. For sure. Awesome. For sure. Especially if you guys talk about doing like Avatar, I'm down. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. We will have plenty to talk about when that time comes. (laughs) I honestly think we're going to have quite a good group for that. And it's going to be, it's probably going to be very chaotic, but I'm excited to see how that goes. So we would love to have you join us all. We're going to have a few book talkers. Um, Kaven, she does the Cassian point of view, so funny ones all the time. I think she would I love Kaven. Oh, I love her so much. Right. I love Kaven stuff. I think so, I literally that she's why I finally picked up the books. Right. Really? <laughs> wow. So mm-hmm. I yep, I saw her stuff on TikTok and I was like, what? Like what book series is this? And I just I found it so funny that I finally read them yeah yes. <laughs> so I think Kevin will be joining us um Josie she does uh Nessa a lot I think she's gonna be joining us yep um, Jaden he is a popular book talker we kind of are in cahoots right now talking to him to see you know if it's something we can set up and he just emailed us back so we're pretty stoked to see um if we can plan something to get everyone together for this big group project of ours um but I think it's gonna be really exciting we have some so other fun um, Brandy yes. book talk mm-hmm. um, and she uh, she's interested in coming on she would love to do something like that with a big group so we have a lot planned out and we're kind of excited to see where that goes so we have a lot planned awesome. we'll definitely have you back on then yes for sure all right well I thank you for coming on again and I'm babbling once more this intro this exit intro has been you know off the walls but it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but I just want to say thank you for coming on I've had a great time talking to you yes thank you yeah thank you it was so fun I'm so yes we enjoyed it as well this was I mean like we said this was a first for all of us so thank you for allowing (laughs) us to you know kind of go through this with you and kind of hanging in there with us so we really appreciate it awesome Okay, well, I thank everyone for coming in and listening, and we are hoping that you'll come back for another episode, and maybe we didn't talk about it too much. Yes, please. Um, yes, please. Our next author will be Joel Thomas Feldman, and he will be talking his new book, which we're pretty pumped to hear about that, and we also will be releasing a, a host-only episode where we talk the love hypothesis, so we're super pumped for that.
And yeah, so again, thanks everyone. And I hope everyone has a great day. Bye.